you were a little bit early. Yeah, uh, like it popped in and just blew my head off. Oh yeah. Uh, Craig blows your head off, blows your back out, whatever you need. Uh, hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. And baseball is back, which means bold predictions are back. Uh, we also have one um, sudden and exciting piece of NFL news that we'll talk about. I'm sure everybody knows what it is. Uh, Corwin, you ready to get into it? Uh, I'm very much ready. All right, then. Uh, talk about first. I said we talk about about the the trade first, just to kind of get it out of the way, since it's the uh, the second topic and it's much shorter. Uh, J- Jamal Adams. Yeah, Jamal Adams. Jamal got, Adams got traded away to uh, to Seattle. Um, so the Jets are acquiring, or I'll start with Seattle. Seattle is acquiring Jamal Adams and a 2022 fourth round pick. So not this upcoming draft, the draft after. Uh, and the Jets acquire a 2021 first round pick, a 2021 third round pick, a 2022 first round pick, and safety Bradley McDougald. Corwin, wow. What do you think about that? Um, wow. You know, it's one of those trades where to an extent, you can say, okay, both teams win because Seattle has one of the most dynamic defenses in the NFL at this point. Um, they don't necessarily have the best pass rushers. You know, their secondary, you know, their cornerbacks, I should say, are good, not great, but the middle of the field against the Seattle Seahawks this year is going to be untouchable. You're not going to be able to run up the middle. You're not going to be able to run outside. You're not going to be able to throw over the middle. Um, having Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams roaming the same field together is going to be unbelievable to watch. Um, but man, at the same time, they paid an unbearably large amount to get him uh like a truly shocking amount to get jamal adams and as much as i just to add on to it real quick before you keep going not only do they pay all that to get him they also still have to now pay pay him and they have to pay him a lot of money or he will not play for them um you know, I don't want to say he's going to hold out now, but, you know, he'll play for them this season at the very least. If they don't re-sign, or if they don't extend him, though, I could definitely see him uh, just not being happy and forcing another trade. Um, but, man, two firsts, a third, and a starting caliber safety for Jamal Adams in a fourth-round pick is insane that's more than like the khalil mack trade essentially like that is so much fucking capital it like what i was trying to say earlier was i i love jamal adams he's so much more than just a safety what he does for the jets defense you know what he did for the jets defense excuse me um you know it was more than just his sack numbers his tackle numbers you know he was an Forcer, he was um, just this unstoppable force, incredibly smart. Love the player. But if a quarterback got traded in the same scenario for this amount, I would say, yeah, okay, that's a that's a pretty fair deal. That's pretty good. Jamal Adams is a safety, and as great of a player he is, the positional value is not nearly comparable to edge rusher or quarterback where this kind of deal would be like would be something that people wouldn't be saying was a robbery but closer to fair maybe a tiny bit overpay who knows but wow the jets are set up to start new again um i don't think anyone is you know anyone in their right mind thinks that adam gase is going to be back next season so bringing in a new coach 
with a GM that is really showing some incredible value for the team. Um, incredible skill in both talent acquisition and, you know, eh, I guess talent acquisition encompasses everything here. Uh, but fantastic draft, fantastic trade. Jets are looking great. Um, I sure will say so. Uh, my God, we have we got a lot of picks in the in next year's draft. Uh, two firsts, two thirds, two fifths. Um, fucking hell. So this trade is uh, on the surface perplexing. Um, so the Jamal Adams saga with the Jets was I don't think much, not much of a story. Uh, up until like a month ago, there was a bit of business like a year ago with. Uh, Jets GM Joe Douglas saying that they would, you know, they, they will t- listen to calls on Jamal Adams, um, which is kind of a non-story. And we think we talked about it at the time, like if you're a GM, your entire job is to listen to calls on players. Exactly. Um, like that's how the game works, and that's not even like the brutal business side of it. That's just like literally how the game works. Like that's as basic as saying you have to run the ball every now and then. I mean, like it's stupid to make that into a thing. Um, but then it became a saga when Jamal Adams took to Twitter and whatnot, complaining about how his contract was taking too long, um, how he didn't like uh, Adam Gase was a recent one, and he didn't like uh, Woody Johnson was another recent one. And he's had all these problems that kind of cropped up out of nowhere because well, he wanted out of New York and was demanding a trade. So... The fact that they also got to move a star caliber player who didn't want to be here for this much capital is also kind of fucking nuts. Because they they couldn't have been like, ah, you know, this isn't enough. Like, we're going to hang on to Jamal. That wasn't an option for them. Like, he would have just held out. So the fact that they got this much capital for a player that they had to move on from is also kind of nuts. And then... Totally forgot that they had zero leverage and still was able none. to get this. Literally none. If if like there was no such like if, if Seattle was like we're going to give you a, a first and a fourth, which first off also was kind of what I was expecting. Like this is so much more, but they went for the first and a fourth. It's not the Jets who be like, no, like we'll just let Jamal play this season and check back in like around the trade deadline. Not an option. It was not an option. Jamal Adams would not have played for you this year. Um. So, so what I did hear was that the reason they were so successful in making this happen was, you know, in these typical situations, the player, you know, at hand will basically say to their agent, I don't care what you do, get me out, you know, I don't like, you know, fuck the team, whatever, get me out, just get me traded ASAP. And it usually puts them on ends with the GM, with the front office, and that's how these no leverage situations force players to get traded for pennies on the dollar. But supposedly Joe Douglas was working very closely with Jamal Adams agent. I forget the name off the top of my head to work together to make this deal happen, you know, and make both sides happy instead of being at ends with each other, which, Hey, if Joe Douglas can keep that up, hell yeah, that's phenomenal news and really a great sign all around for Jets fans. Uh, for how successful Joe Douglas can be. Oh, I, I he's been here for like, I don't know how many months it's, it's been at this point. I don't know how many months anything's been at this point. But ha- whatever his tenure here has been thus far, I'm very happy. I mean, um, this year alone has been 18, 19 months long already. And we're in July. Yeah, yeah. Man, the, the quarantine has last. Tiger King feels like a, a full-ass year ago. That's oh how I'm using gosh. the beginning of quarantine. Was that one of those movies that was in like that really great 1994 year at the Oscars? Seems like it. Yeah, it might, might as well fucking well be. Um, but just to, 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 to finish up on Jamal Adams a little bit. Sorry. So Seattle. No, no, no. Totally fine. So for Seattle's point, I was going to say, hey, maybe they're planning on like not being good in two years and are just gambling with Jamal Adams right now. But they signed Russ to that massive contract and they're going to have to sign Jamal to a massive contract. and I don't remember what Bobby Wagner's contract looks like, but I bet it's big. Um, so I don't, I don't understand what the fuck they're doing, but I couldn't be more thrilled for the Jets. 
Especially now that we have someone looking to actually, uh, who, who can actually, I have confidence uh, in the ability to draft well. Um, thrilled about that. So thrilled he has extra firsts to work with for the next two seasons. And again, it's strong safety. I'm hard to say our game is going to be impacted too tremendously. Yeah. Um, as far as like cap, like the deeper and deeper we get into this CBA, the more I realize that cap rules are just kind of fake. Like it's not real. Um, so much fuzzy. But, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where as a Seattle fan, okay, they were going to waste those first round picks anyway. Like that's the running joke on all of social media, because it's true. The Seattle hit rate on first round picks has been atrocious lately. Um, you know, the, whatever we don't need to dive into that just yet but yeah that's just such a steep price for jamal adams i i i hope he fails uh i don't I, because i think that'd be a really fun defense to watch but i do hope the jets clearly win this trade I can't imagine a world in which we haven't already, but uh, I'm going guess unless he becomes... Um, unless he transcends the position of strong safety to such a large degree that he basically has the um, production of a linebacker and a cornerback, um, I think I'm okay. But anyway. Well, I uh, mean, people were so wishy-washy about the Mika Fitzpatrick trade last year with the Steelers. Everyone was saying... You don't have a quarterback. Why would you trade away your first-round pick to get a safety? Now he's right up there with Jamal Adams for best safety in the NFL, and we paid a single first-round pick and got a third-round pick back. Or no, that was... Whatever, it was a first-round pick. A single one. Whatever. I got you. I, I, I yeah. Fucking we'll see, man. You ready to get into some, some baseball talk? Absolutely. I am so happy it's back. Oh, man, it, do, it really, truly doesn't even feel real yet. Um, like, I know we talked about, like, how, like, oh, like, baseball's coming, and, like, I don't even care. Like, it doesn't even feel like it. Like, I'm not excited about it in any way. Watched my first, or I guess my second game today, and, oh, man, I missed it. You don't know how much you miss it until it's back. And it's like, oh, my God, where was this the rest of my summer? Holy shit. Yeah, I, it's, it's starting to put things into context a little bit better for me. It's starting to sink in that, like, hey, it's July. <laughs> um, like, uh, man, you know, I, I can't even describe how surreal it is to watch a game now. Um, hmm. Having gone so long without it. Uh, so I'm, so I'm just so glad we're, <laughs> just so glad we're here, man. Uh, I'm just I'm just really upset that I had to watch Shohei Otani's first start in like 650 days and for it to go so horribly awful. I saw it was so hard to watch. Yeah, it's like my two favorite players and Matt Chapman and Shohei Otani, and you know Matt Chapman didn't hit a homer, but at the same time Shohei Otani was awful, just so awful. That's the tough part. Is like you know if, if, if so. James Paxton had a terrible day for the Yankees yesterday, and it was talking to to Cal about it. And it's like the thing is like if James Paxton had that bad start, or if Shohei Otani had that bad start in April, no one gives a shit. No one cares. because you, you know what it is, April, the the month full of bad starts, the month full of pitchers like getting used to playing against not their teammates again. You know? Like, that's what it's there for. There's no consequences. You're going to get, like, 30 to 35 starts. Like, it's just April. No big deal. It's July. <laughs> like, you're going to get... You're not going to get a lot of starts. <laughs> there ain't going to be a ton of them. I don't know what the number is. It ain't 35. You're probably going to get 15 tops. Uh, uh, I was just so, so hyped up for his first game back. Like, it's been 650 days coming off Tommy John surgery. He's only pitched one season. Like, yeah, being rusty in your first game back is totally par for the course. Like, it happens so often, but the hype was too much that 
I fell for it. it was uh, that's how it always goes. Uh, all right, so let, let's get started with this ship. Uh, you want to start with? I think we most typically start with awards. So shall we start there? Let's do it. All right, what do you have first on yours? I have MVP. AL all right. And NL. All right, give me your AL MVP. Giancarlo Mike Stanton. Oh, okay. Okay, we both picked Yankees. I picked the judge, Aaron Judge. Um, I don't have any reasons for anything, for being perfectly honest. For most of these, the logic is, well, it's a short season, so fuck it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. tough, it's tough to miss 60 games when you're only playing 60 games, so... Let's go. Let's have some fun here, Aaron Judge. Um, um, I will give my reasoning for Giancarlo Stanton later on because he's one of my predictions. All right, fair enough. Tell me about your National League MVP choice. Um, I was given a lot of shit for the boldness of my predictions the last time we did this, so I tried to not go crazy with it, but, you know, not pick the safe bets. You know, I'm not going to pick Ronald Acuna. When I opened up this sheet from the last time we talked about it, last time we worked on it, I had Juan Soto in there. Um, that obviously is not going to happen right now because he's been sick. We don't know when he's going to come back. Whatever. I took him out. I put in a guy that has started hot, I think has the ability to put up some monster numbers and a past winner of the award. I'm going with Bryce Harper. Oh, that's a great choice. Love that choice. Um, I went basic bitch because if we're being honest, so when we started to make these, I, I, I took a moment to realize like, Hey, uh, I forget who plays baseball <laughs> because a big, a big part of like, who I am as a person revolves around, you know, like reading up on it, but I've been ignoring baseball so much because it hasn't been around and I didn't want to make myself sad. That now when it became time to be like, hey, who do you think's going to win an award? I had to be like, oh, fuck, who is in the game? So my, my NL MVP choice is very, very basic. I picked Mookie Betts. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, of course, he's in the NL now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, why not? Um. All right, all right. Um, I have Cy Young next. You want to go there? Absolutely, makes sense. Uh, all right, uh, you started for MVP. I'll start for for Cy Young. Um, for AL Cy Young, I once again win basic bitch. I'm covering a lot of Yankees today, here, folks. We're going Garrett Cole. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like Mike Trout winning MVP and whatever. It's like, oh yeah, that would that's just gonna happen someday. You know, that's yeah. going to be the thing. He threw, a, he threw a complete game shutout in his first start. <laughs> oh, I love technicalities. Gotta love it. Uh, I have a guy that I think is going to turn into a monster this year. Fantastic control. Fantastic strikeout numbers. Incredibly young. Shane Bieber. Ah, this is two years in a row Shane Bieber's made an appearance on your predictions. Hell yeah. I don't remember what it was last year. I think it was just a strikeout thing. Oh, I'll right, right, right. Which I like I did it. not get correct. Oh, well. Um, all right, so for National League, I did go, I guess, mildly more bold. You know, you, you, you got the guys there. You, you got, a, you got uh, Jack What's-His-Face down in, in St. Louis. Um, you got the... the uh, not Alex Wood. Who's the other guy in, in Los Angeles? I always say it's Alex Wood. It's not. I don't even know what you're talking about. The 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 young starting pitcher in Los Angeles. Which Los Angeles? Dodgers. Dodgers. Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller. Thank you. My God. The W's. I think is what fucking trips me up there. Yeah, but anyway. Makes sense. I didn't pick any of those fuckers. <laughs> 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 I went. With blue collar, whole wheat, whole ground flour, just grinding out his his pitching appearances. Braves, Mike Soroka. Ooh, okay. I disagree because I don't care for Mike Soroka compared to at least the the value people perceive him at. But I don't care because that's probably going to be wildly incorrect. So. <laughs> 
it's Mike Sai Roca this season. Uh, oh, oh, watch no. out. oh, that was rough. That was really bad, dude. What do you got? Uh, oh, for NL? I totally forgot. I didn't go already. Uh, I went with just the guy that is obviously going to win it, Jacob DeGrom. You know, unless My first the Mets thought- do not win a game this season, I just think this is a shoe in. Honestly, even, even if the Mets do not win a game this season, they just imagine fact, some team fact, going 0 and 60. The Browns, if, if, if it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the fact that, like, the Grom's first start of the season was already a one to nothing bullshit game was just so Mets. Oh, my God. Some, every, everything in life changed this year except the Mets. Uh, I just looked up their game that's going on currently, and it's the top of the fourth. They're already down 7-1. (laughs) The Braves scored two runs in the first, five in the third. I love the Mets so much for providing just just beautiful content. Oh my god, who's pitching for the Mets? That's exactly what I was looking for, too. This feels lunatic, or uh, like lunacy. Rick Porcello, uh, who would have thought? Yeah, shocking. Uh, 27 ERA. Very cool, Rick. Very cool. Yikes. <laughs> Two innings pitched, seven hits, seven runs, six earned runs, three walks, one strikeout. Oh, Rick. That is. How the fuck did you win a Cy Young, you piece of garbage? Unfairly. And they lost last night, too, three to five in extra innings in the 10th. Got the Mets. The fucking Mets. Oh, you know what's crazy? Sorry, it's just such a touch change. I didn't even realize Jacob DeGrom didn't get the win in his start on Friday. Really? Seth, yeah. Oh. The home run must have come too late. Uh, it's only fair, though. It's just so mad. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, anyway. Uh, what do you have next on your sheet? Next up, I have Rookie of the Year. Cool, me too. Give me your AL Rookie of the Year. Oh, man, this is so hard that uh, I think it's going to be a three-horse race. So I have written down three names that I knew I was going to have to make uh, a prediction and just make a choice. As I'm sitting here and I'm I'm talking to kind of buy time and see if I can figure this out. All right, I'm going to go with not the most obvious one, not the underdog. I'm going to go with the middle choice. Kyle Lewis of the Mariners. Okay, very respectable choice. Uh, I'm going with what I think is probably the obvious uh, uh, player on your list, Luis Robert. Yep, that was that was number one. <laughs> <laughs> because again, I was like, shit, shit, shit. Who plays baseball? <laughs> um, the third name I had on here, uh, fucking Atlanta, just hit another home run. <laughs> Two runs. Yeah, they did. That's how uh, I had Brady Singer on here for the uh, Royals. He looked really good opening night. Um, got drafted 2018. You know, I don't know. I think uh, I think it could be pretty spectacular if he's up the whole season, which if they have him up already starting essentially opening day, I don't see why not. Um, so that was my dark horse. And the tough part is like that... A top 10 pick like two years ago to be a dark horse to win rookie of the year, but here we are. The tough part about like who's playing right now is that they're going to whittle down the numbers. So it's 30 and then it's going to go down to I think 28 next week and then 26 as the final cut. Some shit, but anyway, um, all right, give me your national league pick. Um, this was a guy that I knew was going to be pretty good. Uh, but again, after watching opening day, I just was blown away by the combination guy. of movement. We're picking the same guy. Power. I, how do you pick anyone else at this point? Uh, Dustin May. Dot, yeah, it's Dustin, yeah, it's Dustin May. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, I've yeah. never been that blown away by like a pitcher's first start before. That was incredible to watch. I'm telling you, man, the, the parallels between him and, and, uh, um, Fernando Valenzuela is ridiculous right now. Oh, my God. Like, I hate that he's on the Dodgers. Because why the fuck do they deserve him? Oh, they do not. 
Oh man, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. All right, um, what do you have next on your list? I have comeback player of the year. All right, I'll start for that um, since you just started with rookie. Um, my American League comeback player of the year, I pick a man who missed the vast majority of last season, Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, that's fair. I, I really can't blame you. Um, I, I am a man who likes to hedge the bets, if you will. So I went Giancarlo Stanton for MVP. If he wins MVP, obviously he's going to win the comeback player of the year. Like, come on. Um, so I went with a guy that I think is going to also have a phenomenal season. Um, Shohei Otani. Another great choice. I really hope today's not par for the course. Uh, yeah, that would be bad. That would be real yeah. bad. <laughs> if that was all that would be unbearably bad. Both. No, no, I haven't watched course. baseball in like a you know a little while now, but I think. It's still true that that would be bad. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, all right. So for my my National League pick, um, I picked uh, a favorite on the pod, a guy that Corn and I both have great admiration and affection for, and I picked him to win Cy Young last year, and he very much so did not. So I'm picking him for comeback player of the year this year, Jamison Tyone. Hey, I appreciate the thought. I'm a Pirates fan, so obviously it won't happen because we don't get nice things, but I really do appreciate the thought. It won't happen because fuck you. But yeah. I bet he I bet he finishes the year then uh bet he finishes the year with a better ERA than Shohai Otani had. So there's that. Well, unfortunately for Shohai, it won't be hard to do. <laughs> he just has to get a singular out. That's it. Those tend to be helpful, yes. <laughs> All right. National League. I have my heart and soul. The one that got away. The happiest man in baseball. The sexiest man in baseball. Andrew McCutcheon. All right. I like that pick. That's a great pick. I tweeted at him the other day, and he did not respond. Well, I don't want to say fuck him. But that's unfortunate. Yeah, it happens. I, I suppose so. What's a white boy to do? Yeah, yeah. Who you got? Oh, well, I guess that was that was the, both of our national leagues. So I guess next we're on uh, oh. manager of the year. Yeah. yeah, manager of the year. All right. Um, for no, I went first. Your turn to go first. Sure. All right. Uh, I went with probably a guy that. If it wasn't for the Yankees being in the AL, I think you would go with them. Uh, I went with uh, Rick Renteria for the White Sox. Renteria? Renteria, I believe. Yeah, I realize now that this is baseball. I have to switch my pronunciation over from fucking like French to Spanish. I got you. I, I, um, I got you. But yeah, I think the White Sox are going to do wonderful things this year. I have them going to the playoffs. Um, I know how much you are a lover of the White Sox and their potential right now. So even though they're getting if they do the, the things I think they're going to do and go to the playoffs, that's uh, a pretty uh, pretty fair bet that he would win Manager of the Year. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I'm very excited for that. What that team could be. I I think this is a great choice. Um, I am. I picked uh, Dusty Baker, um, <laughs> who's now re-entered. The, the managerial sphere as the Houston Astros um, manager. Um, I totally forgot that happened. Yeah, and I picked him because I think if he can change some of the perception of the Astros, because they're going to be good. I think that's a given. Uh, even without any cheating, they're still a really good team. Um, Justin Baker, Justin Verlander, and well, according to Justin Verlander, who also tweeted out today uh, that the, the rumors are untrue and he will be reevaluated in a few. Weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll that I've heard uh, that more... story before. Yeah, uh, but hey, if that just means we get more Zach Greinke throughout the season, I'm okay with that. Can't complain um, about that. And... Not at all. 
So, Dustin Baker's a well-liked guy. Um, the Astros being a good team, like, like I said, kind of a fucking given. And my, my, my other thing with, with judging these awards is, like, I don't know what the yardstick is. You know? Yeah. I, I, I have no fucking clue. It's a 60-game <laughs> season. Like, what matters? Exactly. So, uh, like, unless one team does so incredibly well and it just gets so hot, stays hot, that it's a runaway... Who fucking knows what they're going to look at? Record, you know, sample size is kind of too small to really focus on that a lot. Fucking wins above projection, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? We don't. I think it's kind of crazy, though, that already there are no undefeated teams left. Ain't that yeah. three games into the season? We'll see. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I every definitely team didn't play. think... Uh, <laughs> Uh, regardless, regardless, there's no points to be made. Right. All right, tell me your National League guy. Um, the explanation will come shortly when we get through the bold predictions, uh, but I went Dave Roberts for the Dodgers. Um, I went Dave Roberts, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, goddamn, this Dodgers team is probably the most stacked of baseball team you know I've seen personally since I've gotten into baseball. I just don't know how you could bet against them. Even without David Price, you know, their pitching is so deep. I don't think that's going to be a major factor. If people get sick and are out for two weeks, they have so much depth that I don't think it will affect them nearly as much as other teams in the same situation. So, uh, I, yeah, I got nothing else to say. They're going to be fucking incredible. Yeah, that's part of the reason that I also picked Dusty Baker is like, hey, it's a short season. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Pick managers from good teams. Yeah. Safe bet. Safe bet. Typically is. All right, that brings us to the World Series champ. Corwin, you know who I picked already, so why don't you tell me who you picked? Uh, I picked the team facing him. I got the Los Angeles Dodgers in seven games. All right, I picked the Yankees. I didn't give a game number, but if I had to pick, I'd say four. That's right. Take that, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Please put money on that bet. Yankees in four versus the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, it's such a oh, terrible dude. bet, but the payout would be huge. Unbelievable. So big. Oh, my both, God. both fiscally and emotionally. <laughs> they would just continuously feed into each other. Oh, it'd be so good. All right. Anyway, so shall <laughs> Those we transition? Are our awards. You ready yeah. for some wild predictions? I am. I am. Um, do you want to go first or second? Do you want the last word or do you want to start? Um, I have a secret number 11. So, so you should go, I'll you should go, go first. Oh, first, because then you can finish it out. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Right, go ahead. All right. This one. Honestly, I, I know I said, you know, I, I didn't go as bold as I probably should have last year, and I wanted to bump it up. I just, this is something I couldn't not put on record for predicting. It's a gimme. It's a shoe-in. It's number one for a reason. Matt Chapman wins the platinum glove for the third year in the row, a row. I, a tough I, sentence I, to right. get out, but I got it out. I, I, I accept it fully. It's a great choice. Great, great, great prediction. Not super bold, but bold enough to start off. I gotcha. Um, all right. <laughs> I, my first one is very bold. Um, we're starting off very spicy here. I'm not Ooh. sure you're ready for one. Oh, boy. Uh, the Padres win the National League West. <gasps> That's bold. <laughs> That's pretty fucking bold. Oh, we getting we starting off spicy today. That's right, Pat Padres, who I think, uh, technically speaking, do currently lead the division. <laughs> do they? Oh man, that would be oh, no. something. It's currently else. a big old three-way tie with. I I'm not sure if Colorado's on top because of alphabet. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, uh, fucking the Padres winning the National League West. Hold that. Give me your next one. All right. Again, we got to ramp up the boldness here. So this one, slightly bold just because of the many parts it has to it. 
But the fact of the matter is, there is a strong likelihood. I feel like all these things are more likely than not to happen, but they're all going to happen together. Um, so here it is. The Pirates trade away their best player in exchange for parking vouchers at away stadiums. They finish last in the MLB with less than 20 wins. And they will try to start beef again with Amir Garrett, only to be embarrassed again. <laughs> Three-parter, but all three are so ugly. Very masochistic, too, I gotta say. Um, I was just, you know, like, watching some Pirates highlights, looking at their roster, looking at their depth chart. I don't know if we have a player that you could be considered, that could be considered above average at this point. You know, like, Josh Bell is probably the only one that even is in contention for that. And even then, the way his season ended after the All-Star break last year, I wouldn't put any money on it. They are so bad. Oh, man. Pretty fucking bad. Yeah, um, Before we continue, I just want to share something I just saw on Twitter. Um, apparently, Mets fans are now sending Brody Van Wagen and um, uh, Venmo requests in the amount of Rick Porcello's ERA. $27. And I respect that. <laughs> oh, that's really fucking funny. That's wonderful. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, you gotta have a sense of humor if you're a Mets fan. Alright, oh, yeah. anyway. Um, my, my next prediction is... My next couple are like kind of mild in terms of their boldness. The, the Padres winning the NL West is... By far the boldest prediction in the top five of ones I came up with. Uh, Orioles finish above 400. <gasps> oh, I thought you were going to say 500. Oh, man. Oh, no, no, no. So they finished um, at three. That went from impossible to extremely unlikely. Yes, yes, yes. A, a very big difference. Um, they finished last season uh, out of 333, winning literally one third of their games. Um, and so this season, they would need to win 24 games to break 400. To, be at 400. So, so far, they are one twelfth of the way there, having bested the Red Sox twice. Which, don't get me wrong, I was not expecting the Red Sox to be good this year. I don't think anybody was expecting the Red Sox to be good this year. But to lose two games to the Orioles is still really surprising. Um, <laughs> still very difficult. Yeah, so the Orioles only need to do, do this two-game one thing 12 more times for me to be right. Uh, but that's a lot, considering who the Baltimore Orioles are. But yeah, there, there you go. 24 games. All right. All right. Pretty bold. Next up for me. Again, still ramping it up. Not, not truly wild. Still something I think is pretty likely. A player will be suspended for the entirety of the remainder of the season for breaking MLB's social distancing and safety rules. Actually, very interesting. Yeah. I, I, I was, like the prediction. I, the the length I think is something that's going to be highly varied. Um, I will say that I think somebody's going to fuck up. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head who I would have as like the most likely. Um, but man, somebody's going to do it. Like somebody's going to do something fucking stupid. Um, and I'm just I'm here for when it happens. Someone's going to pull a Lou Williams. I, it, it's tough to say what, what it'll be. You know, is it going to be like uh, going out and doing like a nightlife thing in, in Miami or in New York? Or is mm -hmm. it going to be like um, socializing with, with somebody at who like bringing people back into uh, team quarters or some shit yeah. like that? But I think you're right. This is actually bold and an interest. In, I, I like this prediction. I don't know how to classify it, its likeliness, but I, I really like this prediction. Um, Alright, so my next one I, I, I had a hard time assigning players To some of these, these um, Player specific ones But mm -hmm. I have some player specific ones Who are all named um, Unnamed batter or unnamed pitcher So for my <laughs> first unnamed batter one uh, Unnamed batter Hits over 350 Yeah, okay and You know what's sad Is that you didn't even like go like Oh, that's pretty high Because the sample size is so small That it's like <laughs> We're all kind of just assuming that's going to happen. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd even be shocked. Like, I don't think a guy like um, Tim Anderson is going to be that high again, but like Jeff McNeil, sure, I could see him getting on a hot streak or Mike Trout. Who knows? Uh, somebody is going to get super hot and just not have it just to cool off significantly to bring it back down to normal. Um, who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? Uh, all right. Uh, multiple teams will need to forfeit a series due to players testing positive and will end up playing less than 60 total games. Ooh, that's another fascinating prediction. Right? Like, what happens if, you know, four or five guys, six, seven guys, you know, a whole section of, like, the plane or whatever. There's so many instances where, like, a singular group of guys on a team could get incredibly sick, last-minute notice, aren't able to bring in, you know, replacement players, whatnot, and just are going to have to, you know, cancel and forfeit a series because... There's not a whole lot of time in the season. There's not a lot of flexibility to reschedule like, you know, in past seasons, in normal seasons. So it'll be definitely interesting to see uh, how that something like that would unfold. I, I do think it's unlikely only because there's no minor league season right now. So chances are every minor league player is basically just acting as a more so than usual, a reserve player for any of those fucking bizarre outbreaks. But at the same time, like, if you get, I mean, let's blow the roof off this bitch. You get 20 people who test positive in some weird rash outbreak because, like, you know, I, some guy number three went out to fucking uh, go to a party that he shouldn't have and brings it back and, like, just coughs on all his friends like dudes do. What do you do then? So uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm so fascinated by it. Oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, my next one is uh, the same unnamed batter as the last one. Uh, hits 20 home runs. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So four um, four reference just just to 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 do the math on it because uh, again everything's to scale. 60 games is 37 percent of 162 so you have to multiply everything um by uh 1.63 to 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 get a a full total of what it would be uh as a as a percent and oh my god no that's too much (laughs) no Um, that can't that's a lot of home runs it's 97.8 home runs uh uh, you're gonna laugh at the hilarious coincidence that this would be but my next prediction is chunk carlos Stanton hits 26 home runs oh okay well, just I put 70 home run pace yeah sorry i put i put 20 i put 60 home runs for that 97 i, I meant to put 20 home runs so yeah so yeah uh 20, 20 home runs is, is a 32 33 uh, uh home run pace uh 26 is i have 40 how'd you get 70 is my math wrong uh, 26 home runs divided by 60, uh, times 162 is 70.2. My math's gotta be wrong somewhere. All right. So 20 divided by 60 times 162 is 54 home runs. Yeah, I'm trying to do it by percent because... 60 is 37%, so the reverse of that is 63. So if you multiply everything by 1.63 to get captured the initial. Oh, damn it. I hate doing rates. Oh, well. Not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, eh. 26. That's a lot of home runs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of home I mean, runs. what? He has two and two games already? Uh, two and three, because they played to get today, and he did not get a home run. Uh, well, two out of three, that's a 40 home run pace right there. So that's pretty good. I'd say so. Uh, my next one, unnamed pitcher gets over 150 strikeouts. 
Ooh. That's a lot of strikeouts. That's a lot of strikeouts. In 60 games, let's say you play every five. So that's 12 starts. You know, let's say you average eight strikeouts in appearance. That's a pretty good number. That's 96. Holy shit. 150? Yeah, so basically if you you start 12 games, you'd have to get an average of 12.5 strikeouts per game. Like, let's say, like, 15 starts. So that's, like, averaging every, like, four-something days. I don't know. Um, four days. 15 times four, that's 60. All right, that's exactly four. Um, you still have to average 10 a game. You know who I think has, has genuinely the most likely um, Josh odds Hader? Of, of making this? Not Josh, Josh Hader. Hader. Not Josh Hader. He doesn't play enough games. Um. Jacob DeGrom, but not because he's super good. Oh, well, no, in part because, because the Mets suck. And if the Mets end up being mediocre and are trying to make a playoff push near the end of the year, um, with such a short season and the fact that they're putting less mileage on his arm for uh, the full year than they would, I could see teams like riding some of their better pitchers maybe a little bit harder that are on the fringe of making the playoffs. That makes so, a lot of sense. I could, I could totally see it for, uh, for Jacob DeGrom, high strikeout dude anyway. And maybe getting a few extra short rest starts in there at the end of the season, but 150. That's why I wanted to be big with it. So that's my guess. I I just uh, I just did the math on a guy like Josh Hader, and if he hits you know 50 innings in 60 games, which is you know pretty significant for a team closure, that's still three a game. Like that's that's rough. Immaculate innings every single appearance, every inning. It'd be, it'd, it'd be great baseball to watch. Oh, I'll tell my you. God, yeah. All right, what, uh, what do you got? All right, next up. The extra innings rule change is so universally hated that it is agreed upon by the owners to be changed before the end of the season. So the change, I don't think, what happened during this season, that's near impossible. But they're like, all right, next season, we're getting rid of this fucking player on second base to start extra innings. Like, ridiculous and to be fair it's fucking stupid to begin with it's it's so tough like i i i get the fundamental concept because you don't want extra inning games to take very long and then they show the numbers like yeah look most games don't even go really past the 10th anyway uh and it's like all right that's cool why is that needed right now um, you want to say it's a COVID year, so like we're just throwing a bunch of uh, uh, rules or, or um, making a bunch of rules just in, in the face of, of this bizarre adversity. Fine. Um, I don't want this. I don't want this ever. I don't want a game to be decided by... So many more games are going to be decided by Rob Manfred if, uh, if this ends up going forward. And no games should be decided by Rob Manfred. No, absolutely not. It's anyway. it drives me nuts how it's set up already. It's killing me. Cannot stand it. Fuck him. That's uh yeah. All right. Uh <laughs> all right, there's another big one. Unnamed pitcher gets fifteen wins. Whoa. It's a lot of wins. It's a lot of wins. That's a that's a Damn, that's pretty. That's pretty tough to begin with. Um, again, I would say Jacob Degrom has a good chance because he will get the appearances. At the same time, there's no way he wins 15 games in a normal season, let alone in a shortened one. So, yeah, this is gonna have to be one of those high leverage situation pitchers, I guess. Damn. Yeah, I. Uh, do, you, I don't... do you have any play lines specifically? Um, it's tough because a lot of the guys you'd like to say could do it lost week one. <laughs> so, makes it a little bit challenging. Um, fuck, man, I don't know. Um, Jacob DeGrom would have made sense. Max Scherzer would have made sense. Garrett Cole's still on pace for it. Um, yeah. I'd say Justin Verlander, but he lost. Uh, or he's going to be missing a few weeks. Yeah. Um, he's not going to be Shohei Otani. <laughs> No, 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 no. 
I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, it's not going to be Lucas Giolito. I don't, I don't know. I'll say Garrett Cole, just because he's the only pitcher I would think of that also won week one. Touche. All right, next up, it's our boy. It's our rookie of the year. Dustin May finishes the season as the best statistical pitcher on the Dodgers. How are we judging statistical? Uh, I would say wins, ERA, strikeouts, um, whip. Uh, what else could we throw in there? I would say a strong majority out of those five, I said. All right, so just like the, generally speaking, like key stats. Right, like, you know, if he if he doesn't have the most wins, if he is, you know, just missing in whip or whatever, it, that's not going to sink this. He doesn't have to have a clean sweep of, you know, statistics. I got you. Uh, I got you. All right, cool. Um, all right, number seven on my list, three or more teams, so at least three teams, under 500, make the playoffs. Well, so you are banking on a full extended playoff situation. Well, they already they already announced it. Oh, that was what they agreed on. I thought it was just yeah. pro- the proposal at that point. No, okay. it, got, it got agreed upon real quick. Um, well, because again, to think about this from from the owner's perspective, the players' contracts don't extend into the postseason. So, you know, if you if you're Derek Cole and you're going to make uh, let's assume there's no Rona, uh, you're going to make thirty six million dollars this year. That ends when the regular season ends, and then every ball player just gets like $100,000 per game in the postseason. But TV revenue either maintains or increases and then gets divided by owners, so that makes the playoffs super profitable for the owners because their costs get shot down into the fucking basement, and um, their, their revenue soars, and it's just a colossal profit margin. So having more teams go into the playoffs and means longer playoffs, which means more room for profits to help, quote-unquote, make up for all the money that they're losing out on from the regular season. So, yeah, it's just so much in their best interest. It got agreed upon very quickly. You know what? I'm aboard. You have some good rationale there. Greed. Yeah, greed usually is the best rationale. (laughs) Uh, Especially when it comes to MLB. Or any sport. Fucking... The worst part about it. Um, All right. Next up, I have the Los Angeles Dodgers winning more than or equal to 40 games, which would put them on a 108-win pace over a 162-game season, which would be higher (laughs) than any team last season. But just barely. Didn't the Astros win 107? They did. So, yeah. so just totally do it. That just happened to be, you know, something that counts. Yeah, one of one of those lucky math situations. Uh, all right, all right, I'm agree- I'm with it. Um, my next one may or may not be bold, depending on who you are and your flavor of hatred. Um, the Blue Jays finish with a better record than the Red Sox. Wow. Um, you know, I would be honest and say, I think that would be I personally would have thought that to begin with um but at the same time I am wildly low on the Red Sox this year and so much far higher than the consensus or the Blue Jays just because I love that young core um but I could see why many people would think otherwise again depends on your flavor but uh yeah I uh and the Red Sox have not been making themselves look good so far. Three games. Three games. So, you know, is what it is. Uh, hey, at least they don't have Rick Porcello. Season, but yeah, yeah, at least there's that. All right, give me your next one. All right. This one is not looking great. But Shohai Otani finishes the season <laughs> with both the fastest pitch, the farthest hit home run, and beats out Mike Trout for MVP. 
Man, Not you're so good. far off on all fronts. Like, Giancarlo Stanton already hit a 483-foot home run. Um, yeah. I think so someone... is already, like, eight miles Dick... slower Dick... than, like, his home run speed. Like, significantly lower. Jacob deGrom already pitched at 100. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oof. I mean, he currently Sorry. has, uh, you know, his distance with home runs has already been known from last season. He has, to this day, the fastest pitch thrown since his debut in 2018 at 101.1. Fastest pitch so, by a starter, I think you mean. Uh, uh, I don't know. If, I assume that would, yeah. I mean, I was concerned, or not concerned, but I was taken aback that Jordan Hicks didn't throw faster than that, that, you know, Chapman didn't. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't bother double checking that uh, against all pitchers, so I would assume that would that you are correct. That's for starters. At the same time, why not? You know, all right, man. Sure, but sure. Yeah, we'll see how know, the uh, hopefully he's uh, able to ramp it up a little bit because uh, not in a great great spot to do that right now. All right, so my last two predictions are quite bold. Um, compared to some of the ones you have, that's saying something. It sure is, buddy. Um, and they get increasingly more bold, so this one's uh, mild compared to my next one. Uh, but I have here my number nine uh, bold prediction. The Marlins will not finish in the bottom five. Ooh. I mean, they are already off to a good start already. Beat the Phillies twice. So we'll see. You know? I don't know. Like, again... That's quite bold, so me not being sold on it doesn't really say much. But at the same time... Kind of the point. Yeah. Man, that would be fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. of them, like, doing something as wild as not finishing bottom five is... I, I know, man. I know. I know. And, uh... It, uh fucking we'll see, but... It's crazy that that's a bold prediction. Hey, this team won't be one of the five worst teams in baseball, but you look at where the Marlins have been in the past, oh, geez, bunch Forever. of years. And, uh, yeah, it looks like last season they were the third worst team with Detroit and Baltimore being worse than them and then Kansas City being just better. Um, so they're on the way up. There you go. That's the takeaway. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. I dig it. Um, this one, pretty, pretty... Uh, honestly, I don't even think this one's that bold. I think this is just assumed. Uh, Mike Trout is exposed to COVID multiple times in close proximity, by all means, should be infected. But he's so talented that his immune system kills off the virus and uh, stays completely healthy throughout the season. Uh, well, that ties very well into my final prediction, uh, which is also Mike Trout-related, in that uh, he does not finish top five in MVP voting. Wow. That, that might be the boldest of the bunch. And that's like, as I said, that's my boldest prediction. Mike Trout does not finish top five. I'm not Incredible. Saying, I'm not saying it's going to be performance-related. It might be injury-related. might be because he misses some games because of the birth of his child. might be because he contracts COVID. Might be because he uh, breaks a hand. Might be because he all of a sudden can't hit balls anymore. Or his defense becomes there. Who knows? But for some reason, Mike Trout just doesn't finish top five. I, I, I had a top. I had it not making the top three, and I was like, come on, Josh. You can be bolder than that. Yeah. Be somewhat realistic in the realm of possibility. I couldn't bring myself to put top ten, though. I just, I just couldn't do it. Um... All right, so I do have an 11th prediction. Let's hear it. It's not very bold. Let's Neither hear it of us get a single bold prediction correct in 2020 because this year is just too woke. Uh, what do you think the average number of predictions correct is? All right, I'll give you the over-under for each of us getting correct. Um, two and a half. Oh, I would pound the under. Pound, pound. mission. I really don't think we get a single one right. Like this wasn't bold. This is just like I genuinely don't think any of us get anything right this year. 
All right, man. Like this, I don't think this falls under the like awards predictions. This was just for the bold predictions. Right. But still, I I, I think we are just set up for f- pure failure with uh with this this year. Uh, just for fun, as we as we've now concluded the this season's bold predictions. I guess and full stop. Uh, baseball reference as of Sunday, July twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Your MLB leader in batting average is Mike Mustakas with seven fifty. Um, your MLB leader in on base percent is a three way tie between Mike Mustakas, uh, some guy named Casilli in Cincinnati, and some guy named oh Nick Castellanos. In uh, Cincinnati, Kirk is silly. The three Cincinnati boys, all of them have a on base percentage of 750. Your MLB leader in slugging percent is Giancarlo Stanton with a 1833 slugging. And your uh, MLB leader in on base, uh, on base plus slugging, OPS, is uh, also Giancarlo Stanton with a 2548 OPS. And uh, I just feel the need to keep us updated on these stats because they're not going to get. Um, much less wild as this very short season goes on. Um, in terms of pitching, there are about 10,000 people tied with an ERA of zero. Um, there's about 10,000 people tied with a win of one and a loss of one. Um, and whips of zero. So, um, <laughs> so uh, 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 Devin Smeltzer and Jalen Beeks are currently both tied with the strikeouts per nine of 22 and a half. Um, that's a lot. Uh, Shane Bieber already has 14 strikeouts, well on his way to to 150. And a Cy Young. Sure. And uh, Kyle Hendricks threw a complete game already, so he has nine innings under his belt. And that's the way the news goes. Uh, I like how you got really close to a quote there, but uh, not quite. Not quite. That was a that was a quote. From what Anchorman? No, from Rick and Morty. Uh, okay. Yeah, two shots. Yeah. Second dick. My apologies. My apologies. It's been a while since I've watched Rick and Morty. I need to get back on that. Truly. It is revolutionary television for our generation. <laughs> <laughs> um, any final thoughts on anything we've discussed today, my friend? Oh, man. Um, I don't think so. I mean, this is going to be a incredible season regardless um i just hope that you know players stay safe we're able to have a full season and um you know we have some good baseball uh you know thoughts and prayers to the players thoughts and prayers <laughs> you know early early thoughts and prayers for sure yeah thought, you know thoughts and prayers uh but this is i think i'm going i'm going to find joy in this season in the small sample size which is intuitive, but I didn't think I would. But looking at the scores after three games has been a fucking treat. And uh, it's also like five entire percent of the season. So, Which is still yeah, wild to think about. Yeah, three games in, five percent's done. By the end of the next three games, we'll be ten percent done with the season. That's usually 16 games. Like, it's a lot. It's very different. Um, and I think doing with every Sunday, um, or we end up transitioning back to uh, a twice a week sports, as sports picks up, TBD. Just keeping up with how bizarre these stats are going to look is going to be a real joy when, in a typical baseball season, I would fully ignore them <laughs> until, until like the start of uh, May, at least. June. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's going to be many extrapolations of these wildly shortened, you know, statistical sample sizes, and I can't wait to uh, be a you know full-on accomplice in all of that. I mean, oh yeah, Giancarlo has hit two home runs in three games. He's gonna hit forty. Like that's just the way numbers work. And I'm fucking here for it. Wow, I looked away from this Mets Braves game for a hot second, and it's twelve one. What? Wow! Oh my God! Sixth inning. Oh, the Mets—they had one game that they kind of won, and it's all gone to shit since then. 
Oh man, I'm in a baseball pool where you pick the the playoff teams and you know, you put a bracket together and everything. And, and I had a friend who had the Mets as the wild card and advancing. So sucks that he just lost $35. Yeah, um every single Brave has a hit. <laughs> Acuña Jr has that's, one, Albies just hard. Freeman by the 6th. Freeman has one, Ozuna has two. Um, Adams has one, Swanson has three, Riley has one, Enciarte has two, and Contreras has one. It's fucking hilarious. Yikes. Ugly game for the Mets, but it's how it goes. You know? Yeah. Another day, another Mets fan commits suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway. Um, man, fucking Rick Porcello comes in two innings of seven run balls, six earned runs. Uh, for a 27 ERA. And then Roy Oswald comes in and is like, all right, guys, I got this. Um, seven hits, five earned runs, a walk. Three home three home runs. Actually, now hold on. What's more impressive? The fact that Roy Oswald allowed three home runs in four innings pitched or the fact that Rick Porcello allowed seven runs with no home runs allowed? Yes. <laughs> fair. Yes. Very fair. Oh. I miss this so much. Oh, it feels good. All right. All right, we out of here? I'm sorry? We out of here? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye.